Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I've got the opportunity to continue with the series that we started last week. Pastor Ashley started the series and then Pastor Dan uh, at night about what to say when you pray. And um, I've just discovered, I don't know about you, but for me, prayer is an important part of the Christian life. And I think a life that we have without prayer is kind of like a jigsaw piece that has missing pieces. Have you ever encountered one of those? Gone to put together a 10,000 piece jigsaw piece and when there's a piece missing, you just don't get the picture or the big picture, what it's supposed to look like. And I think that's just a great kind of demonstration of what the Christian life without a dynamic, vibrant prayer life is like. It's a, it's a, uh, Christian life that's just void of a missing piece, a void of an element that God would have us do. And also what it is, is we have to understand that prayer is a way that we can communicate to God. It's a way that we develop and strengthen our, our relationship with Him. And we have an enemy. And this enemy doesn't actually want to see us have a strong, dynamic, faith-filled, joyful uh, prayer life because he hates you and he hates me. Because we are the image and the picture of God, He doesn't want us to get to know God better, stronger and have the benefits that prayer can be into our world. And so I believe that Christians possibly have a not what they would call dynamic prayer life for several reasons. One, it's just the fact that the enemy, it's a plan of his to diminish the importance of prayer. I think it's part of the fact that maybe you've grown up in a Christian environment where it hasn't been taught. There's not been a um, emphasis, a strong emphasis on there. Maybe you're like me. You actually have a bad experience of prayer. See, when I uh, first became a Christian, we went to a church, we were part of a youth group there and we used to have these nights occasionally where the church would throw open their doors and it would be a youth takeover, kind of like our uprising we would do here occasionally on Sunday nights. So we would have these youth takeovers and the youth would cover all sorts of aspects of the service. So the youth band would be playing, um, the youth... um, Different teams would be on the door and and greeting and making coffee and um, leading worship and uh, hosting people and doing little communion messages and things like that. And one of the opportunities was that you got to take up the offering, kind of like what we did this morning. But what you have to understand is the way in the church that I grew up in, that or I got saved in, we did the offering. It was we had these beautiful little velvet bags that had wooden handles either side. Although anyone over fifty knows what I'm talking about. And you used to what we had to do is you'd walk the ushers would walk down the aisle with the um, I was going to say paper bag with the little velvet bag and hand it on and it come back and you'd walk down and we would start at the back of the auditorium and you would bring it to the front and then invariably one of the ushers who was doing the offering, one of them would then pray over the offering. So it's this youth take overnight and we're doing stuff and so the pastor says to us, and many of you may know him, Pastor Paul Benathan, says to my girlfriend and I, you guys are taking up the offering. To which we went, oh cool, no problems. And then suddenly the realisation that one of us 
has to actually pray when we get down the front. So then it started. So we were like, <coughs> got a sore throat, lost my voice, still have to do it. And so we were just egging each other on, saying like, I can't do it, I'm not doing it, <coughs> sick, <coughs> you know, stuff like that. I did that because actually I've got a cold and I'm scared that's actually going to happen. So I thought if I do it now, you won't notice when it really happens. Um, so, so we were joking with him and he says, don't worry about it, I'll do it. So we're like, cool. So we start, we're doing the offering. This is the most unsanctified, undignified offering you've ever seen because the whole way we're walking down, we are giggling, we're cackling, we're like, like playing it up, like no reverence whatsoever. So by the time we get to the front, the whole congregation is like, what is going on? Like these rude girls. Well, so Pastor Paul then starts to explain, church, this is what you have to understand. This is what happens here. It's a bit of a tradition. This is what we do. And he said, they've been joking. Like they're obviously shy. They don't want to do it. And I don't know what happened. But I found myself, before I knew it, my hand was up and out of my mouth came the words, no, no, okay, Paul, I got this. I can do it. And I said, it's like an out-of-body experience. You're like, who is saying that? <laughs> and Tony was my boyfriend at the time, and uh, his mate, which was the boyfriend and, and eventually husband of my girlfriend, they're sitting on the front row. So Tony's nudging his mate going, that's my girl. Like, <laughs> So bold as you would believe. You know, everyone, if you'd like to close your eyes, bow your heads, I'm going to pray. And so I said, started off, I said, dear Lord Jesus, as the song says, because I'd had walking down, I'd, we were singing the song and I had this thought. I said, as the song says. And then all of a sudden, I opened my eyes. I went, oh my God, I've forgotten what it says. <laughs> <laughs> to which everybody laughed and then said, ah, ha, ha, you know, fine. And I was like, no, I'm done. Oh, that's it. I can't do that anymore. And Pastor Paul rescued that prayer moment. But what it did in me is it just set up a barrier in terms of praying for me, just put something in place. And so I don't know if maybe that's your experience, maybe not so much publicly, but something's happened that has stopped you wanting to pray. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 says this. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. It says the Bible says that we're to pray in every situation using every type of, of prayer, and the Bible is letting us know that there's not just one way to do it. There's hundreds of different ways loud, soft, quiet, by yourself, in group, short, long, in a set time, nine till ten, whatever, or all throughout the day, in your car, in your closet, however it is you want to do prayer. God's just saying, just do it. And the heart behind this series is how do we, we just wanted to give you some tools and some keys for you to have a greater desire for having prayer to have an understanding of what the importance of prayer and to equip you with just some ways and some patterns. They're biblical prayers you'll find in the Bible. We wanted to lay them out as a guideline to help you so that you would be, get a dynamic, love, uh, dynamic fun, some joy, some strength, some power and some passion back into your prayer life. So that's the heart behind this series. And as I mentioned, Pastor Ashley kicked it off last week talked about the prayer of Moses. 
And then uh, Dan spoke at night. He said the prayer of Jesus, the Lord's Prayer. And we've, both of those messages are on the website. And I encourage you, make sure you go to the website, download those messages, listen to them. Because the more variety we have, you know the saying that variety is the spice of life. I think the more opportunities we have, it's not to be a pattern to be bound by, but it's to be a tool to help you. Hey, I need to get more passion. I want to have a passionate, dynamic prayer meeting, a prayer meeting, prayer life. And so this is the purpose and the heart behind this series. All right. And so this morning, where I'm going to look at the prayer of Jabez. So I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And if you've got your Bibles, you can find it there or it will be on the screen behind me. And as you find it in your Bibles, I'm just going to take a drink. Excuse me. I'm not like my husband. I'm not going to gurgle it for you. All right. So have you found it? 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It is behind me on the screen. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. What you have to understand this morning is that Jabez's name actually means pain. If you read verse 9, which is just before verse 10, it says, His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, I don't know that it was necessarily the fact that he was born in a painful way, because if that was a reality, all of us would have the name Jabez, all right? Because I don't know of any really pain-free delivery. But back in the days of when Jabez was named, names had meaning. When you said a name or you thought about a name for your child, it usually was a declaration or a promise, something about you wanted to declare over this child, that they would be a person of this, they would be a person of that. So, you know, you might say grace, so that this, what you're saying is this child's name, they want to be a graceful person. I think of our children, Mitch, his name means like God. And the whole point of being, you know what, I want Mitch, to, the declaration over his life is that he would be like God, that he would shine forth light, that he would be an example for people to follow, that he would be a lover of people. Our eldest daughter's name is Jordan. And like the River Jordan that descended, we pray over her, you know what, that she would descend into her family and friends, that she would bring life like a river brings life to people. So in those days, when we named our kids, it was had meaning, it meant something. What's the prophecy over this person's life? What's the expectation I have for them? What do I expect them to be able to do? And so here's this man whose mother has named him Pain whose mother has named him Sorrow, has, has, made, has named him something that really isn't, I would say, nice. And again, it, I don't know what was happening in her circumstances at that time. I don't know in the, in, to which he was born, but it obviously wasn't a great place for that. And this young boy grew up with a name Pain. I mean, can you imagine it? Like, oh, here comes pain again. Oh, there's that pain. He had this, every time someone spoke to him, they reminded him of something negative about his uh, arrival, something negative about what he was born into, something maybe negative about his family situation or environment. This young boy lived under a label. And I know that there are many people here this morning who find themselves living under a label. 
I don't know what your label is. Maybe your label is divorce. I'm a divorcee. Maybe your label is bankruptcy. Maybe your label is unwanted. You've been told time and time again, you weren't planned, I didn't want you, you are no good. Maybe it's addiction is your label, addicted to this. Maybe it's just no good, you never amount to anything. I don't know what your label is. But what I do know is you don't have to be defined by your label. And what I love about Jabez's prayer is that he doesn't let his label define him. Because this is what you have to understand when we position ourselves in prayer, is we can position ourselves in two ways. We can position ourselves in our label and we pray to God and from our label, I'm a victim, so my prayer is on the foundation of being a victim. Or I can pray to God, I may be a victim, but I'm not going to live by my label. I'm going to pray through my promise. And this is exactly what Jabez demonstrates to us in his prayer. He says, oh, I may have been called a pain. My, all my life, I may have been labelled a pain. But God, when I come to you in prayer, I'm not praying from a position of pain. I'm praying to you of a position of your promise. I'm saying, oh God, bless me. Won't you come and enlarge me? Oh, and while you're at it, don't you just enlarge me. You enlarge my territory. And then while you're enlarging my territory, won't you be with me? And because you're with me, God, oh, won't you protect me? This is a pattern of prayer from a man who said, you know what, I know they've labelled me, but I'm not going to stay in my label. My label will not determine my future. It will not shape who I am. I'm going to grab hold of the promise of God and I'm going to declare that over my life. And so this morning, what I want to do, I'm getting a bit sorry. This morning, what I would like to do is talk to us about how we can live outside our label and how we can apply the prayer of Jabez and we can live and apply the promises of God. Who's with me this morning? All right. So the first thing, the first thing that Jabez says, he says, Oh, that you would bless me. Do you know the word bless comes from the Greek word barak, which simply means this that God's greatness would stoop down into my life and put something that he has into it. Jabez says to God, Oh God, bless me. God, won't you come and give me what I don't have? Church, God, it is okay for us to say, God, I want more. And we don't have to come like Oliver and go, please, sir, more. We come and we say, oh, God, won't you bless me? Oh, God, won't you stoop down into my life and give me something that is missing? Give me, God, what I don't have. Not only is it okay for us to ask God for more, God wants us to ask for more. God has more for each and every one of us. And He's saying, will you, my people, Ask me for more. I am willing, wanting, desiring, can't wait to stoop down in your life and give you more. Why don't you turn to the person next to me and say, more. God wants to give you more. But church, here's the kicker. God doesn't want to give you more for more's sake. The more is not actually for you. The more wants to give the more. The God wants to give you more so that you can give it to others. 
We have a saying in our house, I'm blessed by God to be a blessing to others. God wants to get stuff to you so He can get stuff through you. So we have to approach our prayer life with a God, won't you come and give me what I don't have? Not so I can feather my own nest, but give me what I don't have so that I can give it to those who still don't have. James chapter 4 verse 2 and 3 says this, You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. God wants to give us more. God's got more. He wants to stoop down and give you what it is you don't have, but He doesn't want to do it so you can keep it for yourself. He wants to do it so you can give it to others. You know what? Vicky got up here this morning. She talked about our heart for the house starting next week. And for those who are new on the journey, it's our opportunity every year where we stand before the church and say, hey, this is the money we took up for Heart for House last year. This is the projects we said we were going to do. This is how much came in. This is what we've done with that. And then, hey, for 2018, 2019, this is what we want to do. It's an opportunity for you and I to say, okay, God, you want to give me more. But you want to give me more, not so that I can, oh, get a new car, put new tyres on, upgrade my wardrobe, do this, do that. Lord, you want to give me more so that I can give to those who have less. And that's what Heart for the House is all about. And you'll be like me and you'll look at your budget and you'll make adjustments and where is it going to cost me that I could give that up? Maybe it's giving up coffee or junk food or something. There's going to be a personal cost to me to be able to put that aside so that over and above my general giving, I want to participate in Heart for the House. But it's not just, hey, how do I make my budget stretch? It's God, how do I get you to release more into my life? Give me that which I don't have, not so that I can use it on me, but so I can give it to others. And I was sharing in the chapel earlier this morning. I don't know if any of you here remember the stimulus packet that the government gave probably 10 years ago, I think, when they wanted to stimulate the economy. And it was an opportunity right then and there. It came out of the blue. That government came and gave every family or individual money for nothing, literally. They want you to go and spend it. I was like, okay, we can spend it. But you know what? When we've got a prayer like Jabez and we're saying, God, give me that which I don't have, that's what the stimulus package was to us. And it was right at the time that we were renov- uh, moving into this building. We had a, a um, building fund we were working to. We, this property had become available, but it didn't look like this. This was derelict. It was not like this. This had a million dollar budget that we had to renovate to get in. And the stimulus package came at the right time. That's a, oh God, bless me. So that stimulus package was like, thank you, Jesus, into my hands. Thank you, Mr. Howard. And straight into the heart for the house opportunity. God wants to give you more But he wants you to know that it's not for you. More is not more for you. More is more so that we can help others less, um, who have less of an opportunity. And the other thing about, remember we're talking about prayer and we're talking about more, oh God, come and bless me. It's actually not just financial. I do believe it is, but it's more than financial. It's like, hey, Lord, give me more. Give me more in my health. Because you know what? If my health is good, I spend less on um, medications and I spend less on other things. I then have more. What I, give me more in my resources. Yeah. 20 bucks in my petrol tank 
Back then, it's probably 50 bucks a week. Now, I'm amazed at how long it stretches because God, give me more. The less I have to spend on petrol, the more I have in my budget I can give to other things. It's He wants to come and do more in your world and we need to have the opportunity like Jabez. Say, God, come and give me more. And when we're talking about a pattern of prayer, a prayer like Jabez could be something like this. Say, Father, won't you come and give me more? Give me more so that I am able to release that to be a blessing to others. God, give me wisdom with my more so that I can make good and godly decisions in where I invest the more in which you give me. And Father, give me a perspective that helps me to see that you've given me this more to be a blessing, not for me to be able to make my own decisions with it and do this. Lord, give me more so that I, my much can release someone's less. In your wonderful name, amen. That's how we can put the prayer of Jabez into action. Oh, Father, give me more. And then what I love about Jabez is he's had this revelation. God, give me more. But then he realises, hey, if God gives me more, he needs to enlarge me. Because how many know for you to receive more, you've got to be bigger? If you're already at capacity, then you can't receive what it is He's wanting to pour into you. So we've got to say, God, enlarge me, make me bigger. And further than that, not only enlarge me, enlarge the territory to which you've assigned me. This is what Jabez is saying. He's saying, God, you know what? I've been living under a label. I've been living under, I'm a pain. I'm no good. I bring sorrow. I bring this to people around me. My circumstances in which I was brought up into weren't good. That's what he lived under. And he said, God, I can't be defined by that. I need you to enlarge me so that I realise I don't have to live by that label. And when we're approaching God in prayer, we can say, God, come and enlarge me. I've been called a divorcee. I've been told that I no longer will be able to do this. I've been told I'm no good for anyone else. But God, I'm asking, enlarge my thinking so that I don't take captive those thoughts. That I'm not believing that. You know, that's the heart behind our Significant Woman Conference this year. Vicky alluded to it. The fact that the world tells us stuff about who we are, tells us how we should look, what we should wear, what's fashionable, what's in, what's out. People tell us, you're no good, you're not this, you disappointed me, you didn't meet my expectation. Circumstances scream at us, you don't have enough, you'll never have enough. The heart behind Significant Woman Conference is this, that we would put aside the labels And that we would say, God, enlarge me so that I would know what you say about me. Enlarge me so that I'm not limited to my thinking and to my experience, but enlarge me that I can have a capacity to take on board who you say I am. And then when you've enlarged me in my capacity to take that, I can then take that to others and let them know who they are because what you've done in me. Jabez is saying, enlarge me. Enlarge me. I don't want to live by this label anymore. I want to live bigger than the label or the circumstances in which I find myself. Come and enlarge me. And don't only enlarge me, but now enlarge my territory, which means it's my ministry. Enlarge the capacity and the things that you want me to do. 2 Corinthians talks about each one of us has been given a sphere of influence. And I believe it's when we're talking about our friendships and our families, the, the people that we know, the circle in which we operate and move in. And Jabez is saying, hey, just don't enlarge me. Why don't you enlarge my ministry? I want you to enlarge my influence so that I can start to be effective in influencing people for good and for God. 
God, come and influence and come and enlarge my ministry so that I can be effective in doing what it is you've called me to do. And that's connect people to God, to his church and to their purpose. The Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. Go and tell them what Jesus has done for you. Do you know why we do true stories on Sunday night? Because it's an opportunity for us to bring family and friends and say, you know what, you don't have to believe what the preacher tells you. You come and hear what Joe has to say about what Jesus did in his life. You come and hear what Jenny has to say. This is where I was. This is what God did. Do you know why we're doing the West Campus this morning and launching it? It's not so that Victory Church's name goes further and deeper. It has the name Victory Church because it's part of who we are, but it's because we're saying, God, enlarge our ministry. We understand there's a community down west who need to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them and there's a company of people here on earth who want to do life with them, who want to help them and connect them to their God and maker, that they could have an eternity spent with you, not an eternity spent without you. That's why we're doing West this morning. That's why there's a big thing, because we're saying, God, just like Jabez, enlarge our territory. So that what? So that I can look good? No. So that people's lives can be changed, their destinies can be affected, and ultimately, that you would receive glory and honour. Our prayer would be something like this. Father, bless me. I just did it again. Oh, I forgot. (laughs) Bless me. Make me effective in my sphere of influence. Father, open doors for me so that I can walk through them. Not that people would look at me, but God, they would see you. Father, give me opportunity to be able to grow beyond the capacity of which I'm already walking in. Again, not that it's about me, but so that you, I can introduce more people to Jesus. I can help change their destinies because I can introduce them to you. Father, come and do that in me. Not only bless me, come and give me what I don't have, but God enlarge me that I may think differently, I may believe differently, I might act differently, I might walk differently and all of that so that my territory and ministry would increase so that you would receive glory and honour. Amen. That's how we can put this Jabez prayer into action. So Jabez has an understanding. Not only God come and bless me, Oh God, then because you've blessed me, I realise I need you to enlarge me. I need to be bigger. I can't contain everything you've got me in my present form. And I need you to open doors that only you can open because I want to be able to walk through them. He says, God, I recognise if you enlarge me, if you bless me, if you increase my ministry, oh God, you need to be with me. You need to be with me. He says, let your hand be with me. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, we need God to be with us. Do you know, without God, you're only as good as you. Now, for some of you, you're like, and? I get it. But you know what? This world doesn't need you alone. It needs you and God. You know, every time part of our, my role as a pastor here at Victory is people want to see me for certain issues or counselling or things that they're walking through. And I can be sitting with, sometimes with a wife and she can be pouring her heart out 
just, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening in my family. This is a struggle I'm having with my husband. This is that. And she might say, and he's a jerk. And after listening to her talk, you know, in me, I might be thinking, oh, yes, he is a jerk. <laughs> but you know what? I can't say that. I can't, you know, God, what do you need to say to this woman? Because that jerk is your son. And often that jerk's often me too. So it's like, you know what? I don't need to give people me. I need to give people God in me. And so my prayer has to be like Jabez Hall. If you're going to enlarge me, if you're going to bless me and give me something that I don't have and you're going to enlarge me and enlarge my territory, then Jesus, you need to be with me. Oh, we know you need to be with me. And I know that I've shared many, many times about our year 2016 where my husband was <coughs> excuse me, struck down, sick, spent three weeks in hospital fighting for his life, another three weeks just recovering. And I'm the girl who, yes, we lead together, but let's be honest, Tony leads, I just like to follow. Because I am a reluctant leader. I, honestly, I don't know what you think and what you may see or the perception you have, but I am not a born, natural, give me the reins kind of leader. I'm the girl when they're talking in class, hey, they're looking for a volunteer, you always sit in such a way that the teacher can't see you, right? Like you just duck your head in there because then if they don't know you're there, they don't know you're there. Or if it's a round circle, so you can't hide behind anyone, you do the old, the uh, hairs in front of the eyes, don't make eye contact because if they don't make eye contact, they can't see you to pick you. That's me. It's always been me. I'm not the girl who goes, oh, pick me, pick me. I want to do it. Pick me. I'm not her. But you know what? I've had to learn. God presents me. So in those six weeks when Tony was out, it suddenly became, it's me. I'm the one. I had to make decisions. Yes, we led with a team, but it's still, at the end of the day, the decisions that he would have made fell to me. And I found myself in a situation where I was doing things way out of my comfort zone, way out of what I would consider my pay grade, way out of what I would consider my aptitude and ability. And I had to say, God, presence yourself with me. They're asking me these questions. You don't want to know what I think. Because I think, okay, everyone else can go to hell. I don't care anymore. (laughs) I know. I don't want to know. It doesn't matter. No expansion, no nothing. That's what I felt in myself. And some of you, this was two two years ago, you might not be sitting here. If I had allowed me just to start, but it's like, God, expand my ministry, then you better be with me because I can't do this on my own. And again, it's the same with each, when we're praying, the prayer of Jabez, Father, if you're going to give me more, if you're going to expand me, then you better be with me. You open the doors, you go with me, because they don't need me alone. They need you in me. Jabez knew he couldn't live outside of the labels that people put on him without the presence of God. And so Jabez's prayer and our prayer could be something like this. Father, I'm nothing without you. Please let me remember that your presence is what I need. Help me to have a vibrant, indwelling feeling of you being with me. Father, help me to walk with you step by step. I don't want to walk in front. I don't want to lag behind. But Holy Spirit, won't you be my guide? Indwell in me. Come and highlight, illuminate things to me. 
Let your presence be real and tangible, that I can hear your word. I can act on what it is you're saying to me, the unction and the, and the little nudges and the little whispers that you give to me. Give me a sensitivity to be able to know that so that when I'm with people, when I'm asked, God, it's not my wisdom, it's not my thoughts, but God, it's you moving through me. Father, won't you just come, let me know your presence, let me not make any decisions, let me not make any uh, movement or action without knowing that you are with me, that you're in this together. And I ask that in your name. Amen. It's just a picture of how we make that Jabez prayer come alive. So then Jabez says, okay, if you're going to come and bless me and give me that which I don't have, if you're going to enlarge me in my territory and you better be with me, he goes, you know what else, Lord? You need to protect me. I need you to know you need to protect me because I understand what it is I'm walking in and through. And we have to understand, I started in the beginning by saying one of the reasons that we potentially don't pray the way we should is because we have an enemy who doesn't want to see us have a vibrant, dynamic relationship with God. And if we have an enemy who doesn't want to see us pray, we just have an enemy, full stop. And the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And you have to understand, if you know Jesus and you've accepted him as your Lord and Saviour, you are a child of God, the enemy hates your guts. There is no other subtle way to put it. He hates you because you remind him of his future. And his future is an eternity separate from God because he wanted to be like God. And God said, there's only one of me, so it ain't happening. And so he has spent his entire lifetime trying to beat up God's people because he understands if he can attack God's people, it's having a shot at God. And so we as Christians are not unaware of that. And we have to understand, God, if you're going to bless me, give me more than I have. And if you're going to expand me and enlarge my territory, you need to be with me. But please, Lord, will you protect me? Because anybody who says yes to Jesus instantly becomes a target for the enemy. In fact, just this week, I'm going to ask if the band can come back up. But just this week, two of our congregation members, and there's more of them, but just two that I can think of, who just took a step of faith to step out and do something new and different. One couple said, you know what? We feel we're going to lead a connect group. So they said yes to us, and we were so excited. I think they did one week of connect. The next week, her husband had a heart attack, out of the blue. Two weeks after that, her mum dies. Just because, you know what, I said yes to God and then circumstances, the enemies, they say, you know what, if you're going to say yes, I'm going to come and um, make it harder for you because I actually don't want you to live out what it is you're talking about. He doesn't want Jabez to have more. He doesn't want Jabez to be enlarged. He doesn't want Jabez to know the presence of God. He's going to attack him and Jabez says, hey, it doesn't matter what you do. I, I need God's protection. He says, protect me against it. Maybe you hearing next week it's the heart for the house and you decide, you know what, I'm going to step up and I'm going to step in faith and I'm going to make an adjustment in my finances and budgets and make a step of faith and pledge to heart for the house. Can I tell you, something will go down an unexpected bill, the water heater will blow, something will happen. Why? Because the enemy is out to destroy what it is you're wanting to do. You're wanting to make a difference for God and the enemy doesn't want that. But here's the key. Jabez says, you know what? Pray to God for protection. 
Pray to God that He would protect you from external circumstances, things like that happening. But also, pray to God that He would protect you from you. Because what happens is, you know what, if I step out in faith and I get an attack like that, the natural tendency is to pull back. And so this couple, okay, you know what, I said yes to serving God, but if this is what it means, then I'm not doing it. But no, they're like, I get it. I understand that I'm now a target. So I've said yes, which has put my hand up to say, you know what, here's somebody I can take out. Because if the enemy can't stop you going forward, he will pull you back. So Jabez is saying, hey, pray, not only that you would hold the enemy's hand against me, but protect me from myself, that I would want to pull back. You know what, God, I was leading once, I was involved in leadership, but somebody hurt me. And then what happens is I'm not doing that again. Maybe somebody's, you've walked alongside someone, you've come along, you've tried to give them some advice and to help them and they've rejected you. And the pain is just like, I'm not going there again. Jabez's prayer is about God protecting me from myself. They may have done that to me. They may have responded badly. But I don't want to uh, make that the point of which defines me. But I want you to protect me from myself. And then he goes on to say, not only protect me from the hand of the enemy, protect me from myself, but protect me hurting others. I don't want to be the one that, hey, this is what I did. He says, I would be a pain no more. His prayer might go something, or our prayer, when we're applying it, could go something like this. God, as I walk out your purpose, please stop the attack of the enemy against me. Please hold his hand back so that um, he won't come against my situation, my circumstance, my family. I pray for my family and friends. I pray for the church in which you've given me. I pray for the leadership. Father, I pray for myself that just you won't allow the enemy's handiwork to get a grip on my heart, for it to pull back, for bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness to rise up in my heart so that I won't do the very things you've called me to do. And also, Lord, help me to deal with those things so that I won't be and cause pain to others, that my unforgiveness, bitterness won't adjust the way that I act and behave so that that causes pain to others. Father, won't you come and protect me from the enemy, protect me from myself and protect me from hurting others in your wonderful name. Amen. You see, church, prayer is not about us getting God to move into our situation. Prayer is about us moving towards God. And what we learn from Jabez's prayer is that we can pray two ways. One way from our position of label, our name, what's been said over us, position of victim, position of pain, position of divorcee, bankruptcy, whatever it is. Or we can pray from the position of God's promise and what He says to us. And I'm going to invite you to stand because I want to be able to pray over us Jabez's prayer, and then I'm going to invite the band to sing because we need to worship off the truth of what God has in store for each and every one of us. So if you feel comfortable this morning, if you'd like to close your eyes and raise your hands, if not, just stand there as I read over you. But Father, I just pray for each and every one of us right now. We ask God that you would give us more so that we can be a blessing to those who have less. We ask that you would give us wisdom in how to use our more, that we wouldn't get the more and feather our own nest, but God, the more you give us, we would be conduits of your grace. We would be releases so that the abundance we have could be someone else's blessing. Father, enlarge us 
that we would live a life bigger than our own. God, that You would come. We wouldn't be dictated to by what has been said over us. We wouldn't be dictated to by our finances. But God, You would enlarge us, that we would overcome in those areas. And then by overcoming in our personal lives, You would enlarge our territory, that we would have a, we would have a testimony and a story and a message of hope to help others overcome their situations and circumstances. Father, remind us that we have a life bigger than what we are currently living now. And God, we ask that as You send us, don't send us alone, but let Your presence be with each and every one of us. I pray that we would have a deeper sensitivity of Your indwelling Spirit amongst us. That God, we would learn to know Your voice. We would hear it. God, that we'd be able to move on a dime on the small nudgings of You because we have such a sensitivity of You and Your presence. And finally, Lord, I ask that You would strengthen each and every one of us internally, from the attacks of the enemy, from our thinking to our mindsets, to what we say over ourselves, what we allow into our hearts and lives. We pray for your protection in that area and we pray for you to protect us externally, that you would stay the hand of the enemy, that he would no longer have his way over our situations, our circumstances. He'd no longer have his way through our relationships. We would no longer have his way over our family and our friends and over this church. And we just ask all these things in your wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen and Amen. Church, I'm going to ask, as we sing this morning, once you start to think of what we've declared, God bless me, Father enlarge me, Jesus let Your presence be with me and won't You protect me so we can walk out the very things You're calling us to do. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 